Good day, all. Welcome to another season of Learning Bible Truth Ministries. I am the founder, host, and teacher, your one and only Dr. Kamla D. Here to teach you Bible truth, to help you grow in faith and learn how to walk in God's amazing grace by teaching Bible truth, not my truth, Bible truth. Here we read scriptures that contain God's word. Remember to pray and ask God for understanding. Put your learning hats on, get your Bibles, invite family and friends, take notes, and let's learn Bible truth. Good day, saints. Today is June the 25th. It is a Sunday, a beautiful Sunday of the year 2023. I am the host, founder, and teacher of Learning Bible Truth Ministries, your one and only Dr. Kamala D. Now, today I will be playing a message from my bishop, the late, great Bishop Fred A. Caldwell Sr. I will be back next week sharing a powerful message, short message. And I decided to uh, play a message from Bishop Caldwell. I heard it yesterday. It was a message he recorded back in 1990. And uh, I think it will bless you. So sit back and relax. Jesus, we're going to look at different aspects of that blood today. But I would that we would enunciate together Matthew 26, 26 through 28. If you're there, say praise the Lord. Let us read. And as they were eating, Jesus took bread and blessed it and broke it and gave it to the disciples and said, Take, eat, this is my body. And he took the cup and gave thanks and gave it to them, saying, Drink ye all of it, for this is my blood of the New Testament, which is shed for many for the remission of sin. Okay, now, now listen to this. The blood of Jesus Christ is the blood of the New Testament, which is good for the remission of of sin. The reason that his blood is good for the remission of sin is because we're no longer up under the Mosaic system, the animal sacrifice, which means then that Jesus's blood today is the only element that can wash away the sins of mankind. Animal blood, the old covenant, Old Testament only covered sin over, but the blood of Jesus Christ washes our sins away and make the believer that have put his trust in Jesus whole again. Amen? So God today is dealing with the sins of men and has dealt with mankind's sin through the blood of Jesus Christ. Without the shedding of blood, there is no remission. So then what has happened basically to the body of Christ today? She has been diluted with a whole lot of other things relative to salvation. For instance, water baptism, speaking in other tongues, even relegated to the fact or the point of trying to have some kind of feeling to see whether or not you're saved. We understand that the blood of Jesus Christ today is the only way that man can get to God and have his sins forgiven because we're no longer under the Mosaic system. So the body of Christ today in these latter days need to realize that there is still power in the blood of Jesus Christ. There's still enough power in the blood of Jesus to deliver the worst sinner from a burning hell. And some of y'all know that. Amen? The power that's in the blood of Jesus is still good today to heal those that are sick, to make those that are sick whole again. It's power in his name and it's power that's in his blood. 
Now, we need today in the body of Christ to have full confidence in the sacrificial offering of the death of Jesus on Calvary's cross. We have, as a people, a sin problem. We were born into this world with a sin problem. And even though we're born again, been filled with the Spirit of God, speaking other tongues, and have received revelation knowledge from God, as you walk with Jesus Christ, there will come times in your life when you will sin. Now, it's not God's will that any of us would sin, but he has made provisions for us in case we do. And that is the blood of Jesus Christ. All right, now let me ask you a question. That blood was shed over 1900 some odd years ago. Is that right? Is that right? All right, anybody in here 1900 years old? If so, stand up. Okay, now I'm not trying to be quaint. I'm just trying to bring a point home. And the point I'm bringing home is this. Okay, nobody in here is 1900 years old physically. Which means then that when Jesus died on Calvary's cross, his blood way back then took care of your sins when you were born back in 1960. So his blood reached all the way back and took care of all the animal sacrifices in the days of Moses and reaches all the way beyond us even on out through the end of time. Now listen to what's being said here. What's being said is that since his blood was shed for the forgiveness of our sins before we were ever born, Certainly now that we have received him as our Lord and Savior, we ought to have confidence that if we confess our sins, we're going to be clean from our sins through his blood. Because his blood was shed before we was ever born. Which means then that all of my sins in the future has already been taken care of because his blood was shed before I was even in the future. You see, Jesus' blood was shed long time ago. Long time ago. So then... I don't need to let the devil or anyone else today tell me that when I pray and confess my sins, that that ain't good enough. That's good enough, friend. If I pray and confess my sins and possess a willingness to turn away from my sins, the blood of Jesus Christ will cleanse me from my sins. Is that plain? So his blood has got to be as powerful today as it was way back when, when he was crucified. Because he died for some folk that were not even born. And that's us. So his blood secured our future. Now, since his blood secured our future before we were ever born, and now that we are believers, how much more will his blood secure our future even on tomorrow? So we got to have confidence that his blood is able to make the vilest sinner clean, and if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins, talking about believers now, and his blood makes all that possible. Understood? Amen. All right, now. Jesus' blood is for protection. That's the first area we want to look into today. It's for protection. Now, I want you to um, go back to Exodus, the 12th chapter, and the 7th verse. Exodus 12 and 7. The blood of Jesus is good for our protection. Now, the devil would tell us that we don't have a protection, but we do. We do. In Exodus 12 and 7. And they shall take of the blood and strike it on the two side posts and on the upper door post of the houses wherein they shall eat it. Now, you notice this was the Exodus or this was the Passover. And God had instructed Moses as to what to do. And they were to take the blood, strike it on the two side posts and on the upper door posts of the houses wherein they shall eat it. Now, 
This blood was to be put outside. They were to be inside. Got it? Hello? Okay. When they put the blood outside, they were to be inside the house, which means then that the blood outside was their protection while they were inside. Is that right? Okay, now, when the death angel came, wherever he saw the blood, he passed over. That's why it's called the Passover. But now when Jesus came, well, let me put it like this. The blood was outside the doorpost. We, the people were on the inside. They were saved because of the blood on the outside. Is that right? Okay, now watch this. When you came to Jesus Christ, according to 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 13, when you received him as your Savior, for by one spirit were you all baptized into one body. So the Spirit of God took you and put you into the house, as it were, or put you into the body of Christ, which means then that you are inside of Christ. And you were put there by the Holy Spirit, which means then that now you will be saved from wrath because you are inside the house and the blood has been applied to your heart. Are we together? Now, ain't no way that you're going to ever get thrown out of the house. Because as long as Israel was in Egypt land where the Passover took place, as long as they was behind the blood, they didn't have to look outside and see whether or not it was there. They only had to have faith that it was there. So then when you came to Jesus Christ and accepted him as your Lord and Savior, watch this, all of the sins that you had committed way back in your past, the blood of Jesus Christ, God says, cleanses us from all unrighteousness, which means then that you should not allow the devil to put stuff in your mind about what you used to be and the things that you used to do because his blood has washed you and made you whole. Are we together? His blood has washed you and made you whole. Now, it does not mean that you go on living in sin because if you go on doing that, you, then you've never been born again because he that committed sin is of the devil. So then the blood of Jesus, the spirit of God, have baptized you into the body of Christ. And since you have accepted him as your Lord and Savior and his blood has made you whole, his spirit has baptized you into the body of Christ, which means then there ain't no way for you to get out the house. Once in, never out. You see, Israel could have stayed in Egypt forever because they were secure behind the blood. They could not be destroyed. So it's no way for you to be to have been baptized into the body of Christ by the Holy Spirit after you have accepted Jesus as your Savior and his blood don't secure you and protect you not only in time but all the way out through eternity. Now watch this. You've got to have faith in the blood. You've never seen the blood. But you've got to take God at his word and believe that Jesus' blood is sufficient to take care of your sins. So... His blood is able to wash our conscience and make it clean. So we don't need to sit down and entertain what we used to be, how runchy we used to be, how adulterous we were, how much dope we smoked. And then you got in the, in the, in the body of Christ, there are some uh, quote unquote good folk. You know, you know, you know, good folk. Come on, come on now. Some of y'all know good folk. You, you, you know, the good folk that, 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 that are better than the rest of, of us. They, you know, they real good. They don't need the older one. They don't have to brush their teeth. I mean, they're just good. I mean, they don't have a trace of sin nowhere about them. And then when they find out what you used to be, they, you know, turn their nose up on it. These, these folk, these self-righteous good folk. But see, the Bible says all have sinned. 
So if all sin, guess what? All need saving. Huh? And it ain't but one way to get saved. That's to come to Jesus. And it ain't but one way to get your sins dealt with, and that's through his blood. Are we together? So then, there's none righteous? No, not one. So now that you have accepted Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior, you are protected behind the blood. Hallelujah, Jesus. You know, it reminds me uh, uh, of Tweety. You know that cartoon, Tweety and Sylvester? <laughs> Tweety go out and raise all that sand with Sylvester, get Sylvester all set up, all upset, then run in the cage and lick his tongue out. Sylvester can't get to him. Satan, no matter how much he ran and raised, he can't get to you. He can mess around with your circumstances, but he can't tamper with your soul because that's protected. Get a Lord of praise off. All right. Now, in Exodus 12 and 7 again, and they shall take of the blood and strike it on the two side posts and on the upper door post of the houses wherein they shall eat it. Now drop down to verse 13. And the blood shall be to you for a token upon the houses where ye are. And when I see the blood, I will pass over you. And the plague shall not be upon you to destroy you when I smite the land of Egypt. So you see then, God destroyed the Egyptians and he protected his own that were underneath and behind the blood. Now listen to this. The world is going to burn up one of these days. God is going to cast everyone into hell that have never accepted Jesus as their personal Lord and Savior. But those that have will be protected behind the blood. So the Lord says, now, when I see the blood, I'll pass over. That's the Passover. But I'm going to destroy everything else that does not have the blood on it. Now, watch this. These houses belong to the Lord. Is that right? Man is spirit, soul, and body. Say that. All right. Now, since man is spirit, man is a spirit, has a soul, and lives in a body, then these bodies are the temple of the Holy Ghost. Is that right? Amen. All right. Since these bodies are the temple of the Holy Ghost, then they've got to be God's houses. Is that right? Amen. Hello? Amen. Okay. God lives in here. In my spirit, God lives. And I live in him in my spirit. Okay. This house belongs to the Lord. It's the temple of the Holy Ghost, right? All right. But the real Fred lives on the inside of this house. This ain't me that you see. This is not you that I'm looking at. You're looking at my house. Now, when I accepted Jesus, what the Lord did, he put the blood on the doorpost of my heart, which is my spirit. Are we together? And God is a spirit. I'm in him, he in me. His blood is upon my spirit, which means then that ain't no way my spirit going to be destroyed because I'm a spirit. And it ain't no way that I'm going to be destroyed because the blood has been applied. How did it get there by faith? I've got to believe it. I've never seen it, but I've got to believe it. And I've got to believe it so much so until I'm willing to go ahead and follow Christ and forget about all that stuff I did back yonder. Does that make sense? Praise God. So then, when this life is over, I'm going to be protected when I stand before him. 
And so is everyone that will put their trust in him because his blood will be there. And those that do not have the blood applied will be destroyed. So then the blood of Jesus Christ is our protection. It's our protection. It's our protection. Say my protection. protection. Believe it. Go to Hebrews 10 and 10. We're talking about the blood of Jesus Christ and we're looking at it as our protection. Now what is protection? Anybody? What does the word protection mean? Say again. To place as a guard away from something. Okay. Someone else. A shelter from harm. Praise the Lord. Like that. Hebrews 10 and 10. Protection is to be sheltered from harm. The name of the Lord is a strong tower and the righteous runneth into it and is safe. Okay. Christ is our protection and he is our protector. So his blood has secured us for time and for all eternity. That's why you cannot be saved and lost. Okay, now follow along. In Hebrews 10 and 10, by which will we are sanctified through the offering of the body of Jesus Christ once for all. We're sanctified, we're set aside, we belong to God through the body and the blood of Jesus Christ once and for all. Once and for all means forever. Christ is our protection. Praise the Lord. Okay, look at verse 14. For by one offering he hath perfected forever them that are sanctified. For by one offering, Christ has perfected forever them that are sanctified. Which means then that everyone that have come to Jesus Christ have been set aside by Jesus Christ. And have been forever sanctified. And uh, this word sanctified here, uh, perfected uh, in verse 14. For by one offering, he hath perfected forever them that are sanctified. That word perfected, that means secured. For once and for all... Jesus Christ, through the offering of himself, by dying on Calvary's cross, forever secured the believer. Forever secured the believer. Now tell me this. Why is it then that there are so many believers not sure of their salvation? Why is it that there are so many believers, when they feel good, they feel saved. When things are going awry, they don't feel saved. And then there are some that I've met, They got a little knowledge, got all puffed up, start trying to take too much of the word in that they didn't understand, and they stumble and fail. And they got to a point where nobody could tell them anything. Paul said, knowledge, puff it up. You got to take it slow. You got to eat this truth. You got to walk in it. You got to digest it. You got to meditate upon it. It has to become a part of your spirit, man. Then by doing that and meditating upon the word of God, you become more secure in what you know. Is that right? Now, ain't no way somebody going to tell you that that steering wheel won't drive that car, won't direct that car as often as you have been driving. That's why you turn the steering wheel because you got confidence that if you turn the steering wheel, the car going to go with it. You're secured in that knowledge. You know why? Because you have familiarized yourself with the mechanics of it. All right? So it is with the Word of God. You got to familiarize yourself with the mechanics of the Scripture by studying, putting line upon line, Precept upon precept, here a little and there a little. You got to line these scriptures up. You see? Now, for instance, there's a scripture that says over in Ephesians, it talks about one Lord, one faith, one baptism, right? Amen? All right. Why is it then that there are some that preach two baptisms? And the scripture clearly states one. 
And what's in view there is the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Which is the Spirit of God baptizing every believer that comes to Jesus into the body of Christ. And basically has nothing to do with speaking in other tongues. One baptism. Now water baptism is ritual baptism. It's an outside show to the world that you have received Jesus as your Savior. So we need to familiarize ourselves with these scriptures by meditating upon them. That way they become a part of our spirit, man. And when you hear something that contradicts that, friends, your ears will stick up just like one of them watchdogs. What was that? What did he say? No, he didn't either. But if you don't meditate on the word and familiarize yourself with it, you become gullible. Whatever sounds good, you'll go with it, and that ain't good enough. Okay? So the blood of Jesus is our protection, and you need to hold on to that because that's not going to change. Now, watch this. Go to 1 John 1 and 7. 1 John 1 and 7. We need to see something here right quick. There's nothing greater than understanding the Word of God, and especially in days like these when there are so many people that are confused about the Scripture. And you know, Satan is definitely not helping at all because he got people out there twisting the scripture night and day. That's all they live to do, just twist the word, twist the word. And you know, a lot of them got what I call loophole religion. They always got these real weird questions that they know ain't no answer to. You know, they raising all these real weird questions that they know don't have an answer to and they border on technicality. Okay, for instance, a woman, should a woman wear pants, should she? Should a woman wear makeup? Should she? What does that have to do with salvation? Nothing. But do you know some have made that law? So you need to know the word of God for yourself. Quit depending on other people to read it for you. Quit depending on other people to do your praying for you. You better get on your knees before God with this King James Version in your hand and say, Lord, show me. That's when it become a part of you. See, I can tell you all day long, uh, Brother Mel is a dog out there. He real mad. Don't go in the yard. He bites. Now, you may hear me or not hear me and walk right out of my house like you didn't hear what I said and end up in the, in the, uh, in the, uh, yeah, the place over there where they have to put you back together. <laughs> so, you see, because you tell a person something doesn't mean that they hear what you're saying. And I found out since I've been ministering, just because people look at you, that don't mean that they even got their mind on you. Amen. And because people say amen don't mean they agree. Amen. amen. So that's why I have to constantly repeat myself, repeat myself. I'm going back now repeating myself, repeating myself. And out of doing all of this repeating, do you know some people will still get up and be deluded by false teachers? You know why? I tell you why. Because they ain't accepting what's being given them. They're not eating what they're being fed. They sit there and argue all during sessions like these. That ain't right. That ain't right. That ain't right. I ain't learned that like that. I ain't learned that like that. And go right off and get duped by false teachers. They will eat. Let me tell you something. A false teacher has such a degree of vibrato with him and such a cunning craftiness that's given him by the devil until, friend, he can tell you these are five, he can, he can put five fingers up and say, it's four fingers here. And prove to you that it's four. And you know you're looking at five. Truth is stranger than fiction. But you know what people go with? Fiction. Paul said they would do it. They would heap unto themselves teachers having itching ears. So 
You can direct somebody all day long in the Word of God. And I found out that. I found that out. I praise the Lord. You can direct somebody all day long in the Word of God. You can give them foundational truths like we're dealing with the blood of Jesus. You can talk to them about one baptism. You can talk to them about being filled with the Holy Ghost. And they'll sit there and they'll nod their head and they'll say amen. And they'll get up and they'll clap their hands and they'll go through all these changes. But you know what I found out? When they get ready to make a move, it's normally the wrong move. And it's almost like they didn't hear a thing. Because people have problems receiving the truth. And the truth is it ain't all dressed up. It's this other stuff that's dressed up that people love. But see, Jesus Christ is plain. He never hooped. Everything he said, you can, you can remember, you can read it. It's plain and it's intelligently stated. Everybody running around talking about give me some gravy and don't even know what meat tastes like. It's the word, y'all. It ain't how you feel. It's the word. And the word of God is the only thing that's going to sustain you. And that's what we're striving to do. Every chance we get, give you nothing but the naked word. And I know a lot of it don't sound good. But you know what? It ain't supposed to sound good. It's supposed to tell the truth. Well, saints, that is the end of that message. It was short, but I, I hope you learned something from it. Um, what I want you to take from it is the only way you can be saved is through Jesus. You can't be saved through religion. Doesn't matter what religion you uh, adhere to. If it doesn't include Christ and his blood, there is no forgiveness of their sins. So I hope you enjoyed this. I'll be back next week with a message entitled The Wisdom of Man Versus the Wisdom of God. And until next week, I want you to walk in love. Choose Jesus. Wear your cross. To God be all the glory. Hallelujah. Peace out. I hope you were blessed by this message. If you have any questions or comments about this particular episode or any previous episodes, please send your comments or questions to talkingbibletruth.cd at gmail.com. And if you would like to support this podcast financially, because it has been a blessing to you, go to one of my five podcasts, Anchor, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, or Radio Public, and contribute an amount of your choice. Or you can send your seed to me via Cash App, dollar sign, Dr. Kamla D. That's dollar sign, capital D, lowercase r, capital C, lowercase a m. A-L-E, capital D. Anything you choose to send will be greatly appreciated. Now until next time, saints, remember that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. We walk by faith, not by sight. I am your host, Dr. Kamala D. Rightly dividing the word of truth in peace and love. Thank you for tuning in and I hope to see you next time.